guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to Common Ground. We are broadcasting live, first show of the new year, 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. I want to thank my good friend Rob Gill and Epic Financial and the whole team here. We are in this beautiful downtown Red Bank Studios on Bridge Avenue in Monmouth County. Um, absolutely thrilled to be back with you. There is a lot to discuss. Uh, I've got many, many subjects I want to cover today. We're never going to have enough time, but don't worry. We're back here every single week, and eventually the show will expand to uh, even greater number each week. Of course, I'm going to talk about DeMar Hamlin, uh, the tragedy that took place on Monday Night Football. I also want to talk about the future of the potential of a Republican majority in New Jersey and what that means. But first... Let's talk about the Speaker of the House race. So the new Congress comes back in with a Republican majority and they can't seem to get their first choice of Speaker elected. Why? Well, because there are several members of Congress, 21 of them, as a matter of fact, who have said, you know what? The idea that the new Republican majority is going to push Kevin McCarthy Congressman from California, who was complicit and one of the leading voices to send $48 billion of our money to Ukraine in the same week that they shot down $40 billion to support American restaurants and working class families. Think about that for a minute. So you know what? This small group led by Matt Gates of Florida, Lauren Boebert from Colorado, these guys have said Enough is enough. As a matter of fact, when you think about it, and, and I love this because the idea, the idea that there are members of Congress that were willing to push back against this, this backroom majority to say, you know what? You're not speaker yet, Kevin McCarthy. It's fantastic. And I've been getting texts all day long. I've been talking about this for a couple of days. They just got done their ninth vote. Uh, Kevin McCarthy only mustered 201 votes. Hakeem Jeffries, the radical leftist congressman from New York, got 212 votes with the Democratic caucus staying together on every single vote. Now they'll go to a ninth vote. There's another congressman, Hearn, and, and Congressman Donalds from Florida. Both names have been put into nomination. And again, the same 20 members said, no, we're not supporting Kevin McCarthy. Now, a lot of people have been texting me saying, Bill, this is embarrassing. What's going on? It makes the Republicans look terrible. Guys, no, it doesn't. This makes the Republican Party look strong and thoughtful, and it shows that our republic works. Look, here would be the disaster. If Kevin McCarthy came in with every Republican voting for him and every Democrat voting for Jeffries, and McCarthy becomes speaker with no concern over how he's voted in the past, over the trillion-plus dollar omnibus package that was passed with Republican support giving Joe Biden a big victory, if that was not discussed, then look out taxpayers, look out middle-class families, because things are not going to get any better. But now, what happened? <laughs> and I do love this. I, I, I feel bad because I have had C-SPAN on now for the better part of three days. So even driving here today, I leave the radio studio. We had a couple of meetings. Uh, we had our hot yoga practice. Thank you to Maury and Michael and uh, Melina, the new instructor who came in from Greece. Fantastic event, Breathing Dragon Yoga. Great, great small business in Montgomery. But all that packed into the afternoon. And all I'm doing is checking my phone for C-SPAN to see how was the seventh vote going? How was the eighth vote going? How was the ninth vote going? I'm intrigued by this because it is historic. A multiple ballot vote for speaker has not happened in 100 years. Think about that, 100 years. And it took Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates from Colorado and Florida, respectively, to say, you know what? We're going to make sure that even if Kevin McCarthy does become speaker, that any future legislation is coming through what is now known as the Freedom Caucus. And these 20 hardcore members of Congress, they're looking out for you. Now, as we're watching this broadcast, because I want to get to the, um, uh, the whole issue with DeMar Hamlin and everything happening with the NFL, and uh, I've got a great guest coming up in just a couple of minutes, Dr. Craig Wax, who works with New Jersey schools. He is one of the experts when it comes to young people in sports. He's going to weigh in on the mRNA vaccine and, and just generally speaking, what he thinks is going on with the spike in deaths among young fit athletes. But real quick, you know, we're on Rumble. So you got to rumble this. You got to give me a thumbs up. You got to share it. You got to subscribe. And the call in number 973 
971-891-4421. That's 973. Hopefully it's on the bottom of your screen right now. 973-891-4421. Call. This is a live show. Now, I'll report back. They should start the 10th vote. Uh, oh, I made a mistake. McCarthy's down to 200 votes. So here's the guy. I'm just watching the, the feed right now. Jeffries 212, McCarthy 200, Donald 17, Hearn 3, and one member voted present. Basically what that means is Kevin McCarthy needs 218 votes to become Speaker of the House. The challenge is He's not going to get there. So for all the folks that have been trying to bully these young members of Congress and force their hands, I don't know if you watched Fox last night. Uh, Hannity gave a terrible interview with uh, Lauren Boebert. And in my opinion, she schooled him. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic because he tried to bully her. Then the same thing happened. President Trump called her and tried to do the same thing. Basically, the message is, hey, you guys grow up and, and make sure that you elect Kevin McCarthy because we've all cut our deals in the back room. You know what, Mr. President, the time is up. The time is now for you to back off of that ridiculous message. You're better than that, President Trump. President Trump is better than shilling for Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is part of the problem. Look, we have this problem in New Jersey, but I'll save that toward the end of the show. I want to talk about what happened um, in New Jersey and the mistakes that were made in 2021 and the mistakes that we are going to rectify and fix in 23, 24, and yes, 2025, when New Jersey is going to have an opportunity to elect a governor who believes in common sense and standing up for the working and middle-class families in this state. More on that in a bit. Let me bring in my friend, Dr. Craig Wax. Now, Dr. Wax is he works with the New Jersey school system. And he and I had a conversation the other day. There was a report that came out done by Dr. Peter McCullough, who is an internationally known medical doctor that has been talking about the adverse effects of the mRNA shots, the idea that children are not vulnerable to COVID, but the shots can be dangerous. And here we've had this report that, that Dr. McCullough did with another uh, doctor that was published in December, showed that with 27 countries reporting adverse effects, listen to this, 1,598 fit athletes under the age of 35 died, had a cardiac, I'm sorry, didn't all die, they had a cardiac arrest on the field of play. Of those, 69% were fatal. That's 1,101 young athletes no longer with us. Now, for comparison, that happened from January 21 to the publishing of the paper, the writing of the paper in November 2022. So within less than a two-year period, 1,598 cardiac arrests, 1,101 deaths. By comparison, over a 38-year period prior, an average of only 29 cardiac arrests among healthy athletes each year. From 29 to more than a thousand? How did that happen? Dr. Wax, welcome to Common Ground. It is always good to talk to you and see your face. How you doing? Well, thank you very much, Bill. And thanks to your uh, production staff and your audience for um, wanting to know the truth about what's going on and to better understand where things are coming from. So let's let's go to the report first, because I, I have there have been several very credible studies that have been done. Many have been done by medical doctors. We saw this with the, the Danish study that came out showing the lack of efficacy with masking the general public. We know this beyond a doubt. It now potentially causes very serious health and psychological problems. That was completely ignored. But now we're at a different level. Now we're talking about the potential of cardiac arrest and death among young, fit athletes. And the study showed the 1,598 compared to 29 a year prior. Doc, what's your assessment of the Peter McCullough study that came out? Well, to be honest with you, Peter McCullough is absolutely, in my opinion, beyond reproach. Um, he's um, absolutely terrific with regard to um, his ability to communicate in a common sense way. And, um, and the research that he's done and has been on top of this. In fact, um, he was head of a university medical center program. You know, I'm not going to mention any names. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when he started uh, prescribing for early treatment, they literally removed him from his yeah. professorship and everything. Um, it's, 
it's unbelievable what money and power can do, Bill. And we live in New Jersey, and we're no strangers to understanding so what happens with uh, money and power when. Uh, and when it's and by the them. way, Doc, what you're talking about the early treatment. So we had talked about this. I now, just before I came to the studio today, got a package in the mail from the federal government another four COVID tests. I am now up to 22 COVID tests paid for by the taxpayers delivered to my house. And what's well, amazing is if we had been testing and prescribing early treatment back in April of 2020, this would have been a non-issue. It would have been another flu season. Yeah, there's, there's no question that um, we could have cut the deaths by approximately 80% yeah. by our current calculations, which would have been invaluable with regard to to this. And, and, and you're not I, talking and, about monoclonal antibodies, right? We're talking about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, the, the the readily available on the market drugs that have been had been used effectively. Right. And hydroxychloroquine's been on the market since 1958. It's incredibly safe. Um, and it does have some antiviral activity. In fact, even Dr. Fauci knew that chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine yeah. in 2005 actually had some value in that way. So the fact that he backpedaled and backstepped only said that he was out there to push his, his agenda, whatever yeah. that is. Um, and apparently it's part of pushing Moderna's mRNA product, yeah. um, pushing Pfizer's mRNA product, and the Janssen J and J product, and and it so, held back all the other products. So uh, we, we now know they ignored early treatment. We know that we we know that the vaccine has been forced and coerced. I mean, people say, well, you had a choice. Not not really. Not if you are choosing. Can I between... explain choice for a moment? There's let's talk. A, a yes, let's talk in about medicine that. That's that's, that's supposed right. to be present, and that right. and that issue is called informed consent. Whenever a physician or anybody else um, in medicine or the healthcare system advocates for something, there has to be certain things presented in order to be legal and not be malpractice. And that is, you have to be told what it's intended to do, what the possible side effects are, and what the alternatives are. And there have to be alternatives, and if there aren't, everything has to be optional. And you know, there were only positives presented. There were no negatives presented. The package insert that's supposed to come with right. these kind of drugs is empty. And it's, I mean, there is one, but it's a completely empty paper. And there were no alternatives. And you could lose your job. You could lose your right. scholarship. Well, we saw you it. could lose family members. Doc, we, it, saw, we saw nurses. We saw firefighters all out of jobs, teachers, staff. Let me ask you, when you say side effects... I, sure. Every time I see a commercial on television for some antidepressant, it is fascinating to me that they use the disclaimer that the antidepressant could cause suicidal thoughts. Right. And, and I think 100 years from now, they're going to look back on America and say, how, how did they become so crazy? So you're feeling down. You're suffering with depression. You've been diagnosed with it. They give you a drug that might cause you to want to kill yourself. So they prescribe a second drug to counteract the effects of the first drug. But the, the, the point I'm making here is right on television, they are telling you, here are the side effects. You get none of that with all the ads I hear on the radio, television, none. the mailers, you get none of that. And meanwhile, we now know millions of adverse effects, including tens of thousands of reported deaths. Yeah, go to the VAERS reports. I mean, the VAERS system possibly reports by all studies that have been done over the last 20 years, probably under reports by a factor of 40. And, and you can check out um, Steve Kirsch, who's a, um, an engineer with uh, two degrees from MIT. He's actually out there and he's put up a million dollars of his own money to say that anybody wants to debate him, they don't even have to win. They just literally have to debate him. And you know how many people from the administration have come forward? Let me guess. None. <laughs> Let me guess, because right. Because nobody and is willing to take that risk. And, you know, it's interesting you, you mentioned that. So just so our, our viewers understand it, this is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is run Correct. by Health and Human Services. This is, this is a government reporting system. However, part of the challenge, Doc, is that doctors are not forced to report. So you don't well, have to, right? Is that right? 
Well, the thing is, technically, whenever somebody gets this this shot at the pharmacy, I mean, if you could imagine a flu shot, they get paid a $20 administration fee and they have to buy the flu serum and resell it. And flu shots are a completely different issue and I don't want to conflate the two. So I, I want to be clear that I'm speaking primarily about the mRNA right. and DNA COVID shots, just to be clear and straightforward. So Having said all of that, when you go to the supermarket and they say, hey, would you like a COVID shot? You don't look like $20 to them. You look like $40 to them because that's what the pharmacies make on this. So you can do half as many COVID shots to make up for what you missed out on in right. flu shots. And, well, and if they make and, it mandatory for school kids, they're going to be lined yeah. up out the door. Doc, I want to get to the DeMar Hamlin situation. And, and again, Please. we're not going to speculate, uh, but I do want to have a conversation about this trend. But before I do that, uh, we've got yep. uh, Dan. Uh, I'm not sure what town he's calling from, but he took hydroxychloroquine for COVID. I want to bring him in in case he has a question for the doc. So, Dan, how are you? Welcome to Common Ground. You're in North Halladen. Morning, Dan. Afternoon, yes, Dan. Sir. Hi, How Dan. you doing, Bill? Thanks Dan, for having me on. Good. I'm doing great. I hope you are, too. You are on with Dr. Craig Wax. Hi, Dan. How you doing, doctor? You know, um, so I took hydroxychloroquine back in March 2020 at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, right at the epicenter, northern New Jersey. I got hit with COVID, two weeks of a fever, 103 degrees, body hurt to the touch, it was, uh, you know, brutal. And uh, I, I knew of hydroxychloroquine. I had researched it. I knew a doctor over there in France was using it. Been around for 86 years. It's cheap. It's generic. I checked myself into the hospital. I asked for it. They tell me no. Oh. And I just insisted. I said, I want, I couldn't breathe. And, and when you can't breathe, you, you know, I know it got political because the president was, you know, uh, mentioning it, but... I, I just wanted to live. <laughs> and finally they gave it to me that night. And, and, and thank God I took it because the next day my fever broke. And uh, I actually wrote a book about it called Surviving COVID-19, How Faith, Focus, Fitness, and the Hydroxychloroquine Saved Me. And it's such a controversial topic. People, you bring it up and no one wants to talk about it because it's been sort of dismissed as hearsay and, 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 and phony Dan. drug. But the drug worked for me. Extremely and, lucky uh, to get it. Uh, I live to tell the tale. Yeah, uh, Doc, I want you to weigh in on this because we had another story similar, Dan, to uh, to yours with uh, the head of security, Sal, at Gotham Comedy Club in in Manhattan, called the show. This was probably end of April, early May. Same situation. He had been very, very sick. They wanted to put him on a vent. Doc prescribed hydroxychloroquine, saved his life, no question about it. Doc, what, what do you say about this? I mean, what, what's going on in the medical community that known treatments were turned away? Well, you know, the issue is, you know, it, it's a lot of groupthink. That is to say that, oh, we have to listen to the, the next higher officer, the next higher officer. And the next higher officer isn't, isn't the way we do Hippocratic medicine. It's you have to respond as the physician to your patient. It's your license. It's your credibility. It's your everything mm -hmm. on the line. And when there's such a barrage coming from academics and government above, it's really hard to withstand. But it's very important that physicians withstand it. I mean, I have colleagues that I've trusted for 20 years. And all of a sudden, with Dr. Fauci saying this is the only way to go and anything else is a problem, and the hospitals were both bonus to give remdesivir and we're told not to give hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. In fact, the, the caller was very lucky to actually be able to get that. I mean, because yeah. even to this day, a patient of mine is in the hospital, actually a new patient to me because his wife sees me and she called me and she's like, they won't give him any of that and they want to give him remdesivir. And I tell them no, yeah. because that's a toxic drug. In fact, when it was studied six or seven years ago for Ebola down in Africa, more people died with remdesivir and Ebola than Ebola alone. The, uh, the nurses that have called the show, they, they call it when death is near. They, right. They, right. I mean, right. It, the nursing community has been mocking this, this, this drug. Dan, are you still with us? Are you still on the line? Yeah, yeah, I'm still, Dan, I'm still do with me you. a favor. How do we buy your book? Let, let the folks know. Do you get it on Amazon? What's the title of it? Where oh, do I get yeah, it? Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, go to Amazon. What's and it get called it. again? And, and again, it's my, my the, the, the story is, is that, uh, 
you know, certainly uh, I'm a man of faith and, and many of the professionals, they, they don't want to hear about that, that God saved you, right? They want to know what drug did you take? And then, so, so then when I tell them it's hydroxy, they don't want to, they don't want to hear <laughs> that hear either. That, right? They said, well, you would have been better. You would have got better anyway if you just yeah. stayed the course. Right. The doctors told me, the, the yeah, urgent care doctors at the beginning, to take Tylenol. I did that for 13 straight days of 103-degree fever. And at that point, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly dying here. Wow. I mean, I felt myself Scary. sort of wilting away, lost 20 pounds in a two-week yeah. span. They wheeled my roommate out of the, in, in the hospital. I was separated through that thin curtain through the night, and, and he certainly didn't take anything. They wheeled him off to the ventilator. It might as well have been a death sentence. Well, so it's, I, I, I mean, the, the docs will say that, Dan, I'm, I'm right? 85 to 90% of the folks put on a vent don't make it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy that early on the early outset of this, they were screaming for more ventilators instead of what we knew could have saved lives. And as Dr. Wax had pointed out, uh, potentially 80% of those that died could have been saved. Dan, what's the name of the book again? I got to let you go and jump to the next call, but what's the name of the book? You got it. Surviving COVID-19. Surviving Surviving COVID-19, get it on Amazon. Actually, before you get it on Amazon, I'm hopefully, uh, with the next show at least, and I'll tweet this out, there is a link that connects you to local bookstores, local small businesses, and I brought it up on the radio this morning. I don't have the link in front of me, so I will get that. Follow me on Twitter, at Bill Spadia. As soon as I get that link, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it out. All right, let's go to, uh, Doc, if you've got time for another call, we've got sure. Renee calling from Woodbridge. Hi, Renee. Welcome to Common Ground. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing? All right. Um, I'm, I'm loving the doctor's comments, and um, I actually had COVID last year, and I'm grateful I really just got over it on my own. It wasn't all that bad. It, believe me, I've had flus that were way worse. But I'm recently, as you could hear, I'm, I'm sick, and um, my doctor's out of town, so I was forced to have a telehealth. And I was put on a call with a nurse practitioner, mm -hmm. and um, I was explaining my symptoms. And as a woman for 30 years, I've suffered from debilitating sinus infections. Um, she was very peaked up when I said, well, I've had COVID. I don't have it this time. And she just was trying to force the COVID diagnosis on me. And when I told her, no, this is not COVID, I she didn't want to even speak to me anymore. Really? She was, was like, well, why are you calling in? What do you Renee, want me to do for you? Renee, what like was she was her... forcing that. But wait, let me ask you this, though, because I've said this. Like, they're sending all these tests out. I just said at the beginning of the show, I now have 22 tests sitting on my bookshelf. I don't know what I'm saving them for, but I kind of feel like it's going to be worth something someday. Maybe. I don't know. The madness we went through during this pandemic. Um, all of the tests are made in China, right. if you'll notice, and they expire, <laughs> right. so they have to buy more. They got to keep buying more. But, but here's the question. Let's say the tests were accurate, which we know now beyond any reasonable doubt they are not, especially the rapid test. Flip so, a coin. Right, so I take a rapid test. It says that, I'm, that I've got COVID. What then happens? What would this nurse practitioner on telehealth have told you to do, Renee? What, would she, what was she going to prescribe if it was COVID? I, I really don't know. That's why I was like, um, and I kind of pushed back on her, and she was probably a little upset because I said, I'm not going to have you speak to me like this. I know what's wrong with me. I'd like to get some medication. Um, so she just was very dismissive, and it's so refreshing to hear a New Jersey doctor coming out and saying this has to stop because it, it's frustrating that we have to continue to fight to get proper treatment if and instead of just everything you get every day is COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. Renee, the narrative has to stop. It does. You're 100% right. It's why uh, Dr. Wax and I have developed a great friendship over the past few years because let me say this, and thank you for calling, Renee. I've got to let you go. I've got to jump to the next call. Uh, Stacy from Woodbridge is on, but hold on one second, Stacy. Just want to capture this because we, we have been, and Doc, you and I have been talking about this for years now, that, yeah. that there's a rush to judgment on something that they're not actually prepared to treat, which is a very bizarre thing. Now, I'm not a doctor, but it would occur to me that if there was a test to say definitively, hey, you have the flu. Oh, wait, there is a flu test, and then I can actually get medicine for the flu. Wait a minute, if there was a test for, let's say, I don't know, strep throat. Oh, wait, there is a test for that, and then they treat you accordingly. The problem right. is those tests are accurate, the COVID tests are not, and even if you come up with a positive, there's no consistent plan for treatment. 
No, there really isn't. I mean, there's, you know, the Zelenko protocol, which was hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin. Yeah. There's the McCullough protocol. And then I have, you know, my my, my protocol, I call the wax protocol or I the love that. medical palette, which has 12 different items that we can use depending on how the patient presents, what their history is, right. and uh, what's going on at the moment. You mean like acting like a doctor and actually diagnosing yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, well, that's, right? that, that was the general plan all along <laughs> for on. me. All right, let's go to Stacy from Woodbridge has a question for Dr. Wax. How are you doing, Stacy? Good afternoon. Hi there, Woodridge, Bergen County. Thank you for talking to me. Um, I just had a quick comment about the ivermectin. I needed to get it a year ago through America's Frontline Doctors, and I had to drive 45 minutes to a pharmacy um, and feel like I was a criminal going to get it. Um, right. Nobody would prescribe it around here, but it did work. Um, you know, ivermectin is not profitable, and it's blocking their depopulation agenda, in my opinion. Um, but my question is this, Dr. Wax, I, I'm curious how you feel yeah. um, about shedding. Um, I work in a school system around a lot of people that are getting vaccinated constantly. Since March of 21, I've had multiple unknown viruses where I test positive for nothing, and I've had pericarditis. And every time I get sick now, I just had flu, I had bronchitis, I get flare-ups of pericarditis. How do you suggest someone protect themselves from shedding? I eat organic. I take a ton of supplements, but something is affecting Stacey, me. Just and for I, clarification, I Stacy, just for clarification, before the doc answers, you are not vaccinated with the COVID vaccine. No, okay. no, no vaccines in in a lifetime. No. Go ahead, doc. Well, that's a good question because the the idea of of shedding um, is very interesting, and it's it certainly should be debated. Except it's one of those things of conversation that. The agenda is to shut it down um, and to, to ridicule it and what have you. So the idea of shedding is, is when, when you take one of these mRNA and DNA experimental shots, I mean, I can't really call them a vaccine because they don't really fit the original definitions of a vaccine because they don't prevent disease. And they don't prevent you from spreading a disease. So, and, and it's a genetic intervention. And it was said years ago that, you know, when if they had said that this was a genetic intervention, nobody would have taken it. But, you know, they renamed it. They called it a vaccine. They even tried to put it on the childhood fee schedule. So at any rate, what these things do is, is these get into all of your cells and all of your tissues. They go to your ovaries or your testicles, whatever is appropriate. Um, they cross the blood-brain barrier and they make your cells, the mitochondria, they make you make this spike protein, which is the toxic element of COVID. And that's the part that gets your body in an uproar and so upset and can go into failure with that or cause blood clots or, you know, we talked about myocarditis and, um, you know, rhythm disturbances, which may have been what happened to Damar Hamlin, having said that. But the question is, is now that your cells are making these spikes and they're outside of your cells, what happens when you shed these cells? Because everybody has dust in their house and that's you know, primarily shedded skin cells and other things and dust in the air, what have you. God, it's so gross Having to even think about that. that. That's gross to think about without the spike protein stock. I got to tell Sorry you. Sorry about right? that. Well, you know. Um, it's true, though. Try living it. with a cat and be allergic to a cat. See how you yeah. do, Bill. Yeah, I, I um, hear you. So having said all of that, we don't really have data to reflect as to what's going on with that. So I really, I can't go out far enough on the limb to say, definitely it happens, um, you know, change this, change that. But what I can say is it's certainly a possibility. And the important thing in medicine is to see somebody, a physician that has a broad differential diagnosis and an open mind, because you have to have an open mind to all of the possibilities and all of the possible treatments. So, you know, again, this isn't a medical consultation, but Obviously, you're doing most of the right things. I mean, I'm sure you exercise daily. You're eating a vegetable-based diet. You're probably way up on your vitamin D3, maybe 5,000 international units. You can also you take vitamin C. You can take quercetin. Um, you can take N-acetylcysteine or NAC, 
which is another thing that can possibly help you. And some of these are listed on the FLCCC website. That's the Frontline COVID Critical Care Team. And I've, I've met the COVID Critical Care Team, and I have every faith and credit that they're being honest and they're brainstorming towards solutions. So if you Google FLCCC, I recover, you'll get their protocols. What is that? F-L-C-C-C, Doc? F-L-C-C-C, Frontline Critical Care. I love it. Care. So, yep. Stacy, thank you for calling. I hope uh, the doc was able to answer your question. Stacy from yeah, Woodridge. Yeah, thank uh, you so much. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. You take care. The call-in number, if you want to join the conversation uh, with me and Dr. Craig Wax, 973-891-4421. Um, you know, and remember, share it, rumble it, like it. Whatever, if you're on your app, if you're on your laptop, whatever you're on, if you're watching us right now, you want to share this video, you want to like it, rumble it, keep this going because we have a lot to talk about. And you know, Doc, uh, as I'm hearing you answer these questions, just two short years ago, really just six to eight months ago, you could not have said the things that you're saying and not get canceled on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. And it seems to me that things are starting to turn where we're, we're able to have a little more of a conversation that deals in medical reality. Would you well, agree with it that? Well, took it took a billionaire to, yeah. to yeah. buy Twitter and yeah. say, okay, I'm cleaning out 60% yeah. of the staff and I'm gonna take out the algorithms and I'm gonna put people back. And I was very fortunate to have folks like uh, Dr. McCullough um, and Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Lee Meng Yan advocate for my return to Twitter. Yep. It, thankfully, you are back on Twitter. I, I will say that um, what you've been presenting, if we had been having this conversation in April of 2020, I mean, you remember, uh, you and I have talked about this, that, uh, that Dr. Right. Daniel Murphy from St. Barnabas in the Bronx, arguably the hardest hit hospital, perhaps in the world, certainly in the US, right in the heart of the Bronx, got hit hard right. with COVID, and Dr. Daniel Murphy, head of emergency medicine, came out in April of 2020, just four to six weeks after the lockdowns started, and said, guys, we got to go back to work. We've hit herd immunity with this. And none of our folks are practicing the distance and the masking because they're all essential workers. They're all working. And he sure. estimated at that time that 40% of the Bronx had COVID already. So he was shut down, never to be heard from again. I don't even know if he's still there, but I have used his stats when he made the statement that the COVID crisis ended at five o'clock on Friday, April 7th, because that was the very moment that there were more available beds than patients. And that was the public policy protocol, that as long as we had enough beds, there was no reason to be upset or panic or worry. And then that got completely turned on its ear. Well, it's interesting that you talk about natural immunity. I'm a huge fan of natural immunity. I'm very excited that I was blessed with an immune system. And there's many different facets to that immune system. The one that everybody is talking about is, is the one with regard to antibodies, where you make um, a, a key that kind of looks like and can access the, the pathogen and your body makes specialized bullets that can kill that pathogen because you have now seen it before. Right. Having said all of that, what was totally blown off, which is something that's vital in fighting viruses, is called cellular immunity. And, and that's hugely important because that also has a memory device that can remember and see things before. B cells, T cells, natural killer cells, all these specialized white cells, hugely important in fighting these things. And unfortunately, natural immunity isn't perfect. And as we know with the flu virus and RSV and, um, and now the SARS-CoV-2 virus, that it's constantly morphing and changing and it's looking different. So our immune system goes, hey, I don't know if I've seen you before. But Doc, right, when it gets that, attacked. Hasn't that but been the, the problem case? Is, Let me just ask you, and that's that, interrupting, but I just want to clarify sure. something. Hasn't yeah. that always been the case with the flu? I mean, every year they give you a new flu shot and they say, well, it's 30% effective, 20% effective because the flu mutates. 
Correct. And if you're lucky, it's 30% effective because I think one of the previous years was 18%. And you, I mean, maybe throw the dice and maybe it's one in six for gosh sakes. It's a, it's a crazy low number, but again, it's, it's a different kind of, of system. When we talk about the mRNA and DNA and they pick the most, most vile, upsetting inflammatory protein to make your body make. So instead of presenting your body with this protein and your body attacking it, instead your body is now making the protein. And they said, well, it'll only be for like 27 seconds or what have you. The problem is, is these mRNAs don't naturally break down because your body has mRNA when you copy your own proteins. They don't break down normally because they're, they have two different proteins on them, which confuses your body and it doesn't know how to break them down. Do you so think they've that's... been present in studies for as much as 28 days, possibly even months. So, do you so think... we don't know who's making spike protein, right. how much, how often, and, right. you know, is it leading to myocarditis, pericarditis, or, you know, dangerous um, life-threatening arrhythmias like what potentially happened with Damar Hamlin, right. who and took I wanna, a modest hit. And I want to get to that. Uh, first, let's go to Antoinette in Mount Laurel because she's got a specific question about how your body deals with the spike proteins that, that have been created with the mRNA shots. Antoinette, welcome to Common Ground. How are you? Hey. Thank you, Bill. Um, This is great. Um, Thank you very much, Dr. Wax, for being a participant. Um, I have so many cousins, female uh, friends, male children who are adults, but took it to keep their jobs. Mm -hmm. And I'm experiencing, you know, neighbors having Bell's palsy, uh, lymphomas that have come back after remission, uh, um, strokes, uh, dysmenorrhea. Um, and I want to know if there is anything that you can foresee coming as a means of destroying the spike protein so that they are not attaching to uh, the lymphs, not attaching to ovaries and testicles and the breast and causing myocarditis. Uh, Do you see anything by anyone coming out to destroy, be able to destroy these? It's a great question. Doc, what do right. you it's, it's an absolutely fabulous question. And, you know, the government is telling you, don't believe your eyes, don't believe your ears, don't believe your hands, don't believe what you're seeing and feeling and hearing. Believe only what we tell you, because it's the truth. And I mean, unfortunately, the Ministry of Truth, as, as has in um, certain books, uh, has, has lied and, and lied with purpose. And I'm concerned that our government is lying with purpose as well. Having said all of mm-hmm. that, the best prevention is primary prevention. It's not to have the heart attack, not to have the stroke, not to get the cancer, not to be morbidly obese and be at risk. Mm-hmm. All of those things are hugely important. So as my colleague pathologist uh, that's part of the Global COVID Summit, as I am, um, Dr. Ryan Cole says, if you've had a shot, don't take a second shot. If you've had a second shot, don't take a third shot. And my addition is, if you haven't had a shot, don't take a shot. Yeah. And I doc, mean, that's the best way to, to do that it. Point, though, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, we don't really have an adequate defense against this. We have we have never seen this in 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 human times that we have inter- intervened in our own genetic mechanisms and now have to deal with what's going forward. I mean, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. We're seeing primary cancers that we've never seen in people before before this. We're seeing secondary, we're seeing tertiary cancers, we're seeing recurrences. We're also seeing autoimmune problems because this brings up a great point. The immune system has several functions. One of the functions is to keep things out. So it's the army and it keeps everything out pretty much. Now, if something gets in, 
it can get in and then you can get an infection. However, in addition to being the army, your immune system is also the police force. Everybody listening right now probably has malignant cells, God forbid, in their bodies and their immune systems are, hey, you don't look right, you don't belong here, I'm gonna take you down and take you out. And that's what the immune system does, it's called surveillance. Unfortunately, these mRNA shots, repeated traumas to the immune system, not only damage your ability to fight off invaders, but also damage your ability to pick out the bad cells that are within you. And that's why we're seeing all this autoimmune you know, dysfunction. I've, I've had patients develop MS, Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, as you had said, Bell's palsy, which is minor, but the other ones are major. I've, I saw a 30-year-old get a colorectal cancer when her father had one at 57 years old. Now, ideally, if she had the genetic predisposition, it was going to sit there probably until her 50s, although you can't bet money on it. It was probably going to sit there a while. These mRNA shots, she took at least two of them. They turned on that oncogene instead of turning it off. And what you were saying about eating a, a vegetable-based diet, taking vitamins, exercising, doing all the right things, taking quercetin and, and zinc and multiple vitamins, vitamin C, and, and trying to antioxidize yourself as best you possibly can prevents you from spontaneously Stop. aging, but Stop. it also can prevent from some of this damage. Why is but that not talked about, Doc? Why is the CDC not coming out with a health regimen? I mean, I would, I would, the only thing that I would say is a balance of vegetables and meat. I like a, a heavy meat fat diet. I love butter. I love red meat um, and, and high fruit. Well, we can, we can have that argument, Bill, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. We're individuals and you are responsible for you. I am right. responsible right. for me. Thank you, Each Doc. person out there. Yes. Is responsible to do what works for them. Yes. Can I ask you, Doc? Uh, this what you're describing. Uh, just uh, this is anecdotal. Again, I, I just know from colleagues and people that I work with and see all the time, the folks that are vaccinated and boosted against COVID seem to be sick all the time. I, I'm seeing this uh, repeat itself constantly. Uh, is it because there's that great potential that their own immune system? is now compromised. So when the cold comes around, the kid comes back from first grade, second grade, third grade, and he's rubbing his nose and touching hands with the other kids, you're, right. you are exposed and vulnerable. I don't ever remember people being this sick all the time. Yeah, you know, it, it, does, it does seem to be that way in my practice. And I speak with physicians on a regular basis, uh, weekly, um, around the country and even around the world. I've been on conference calls and things. And we're all seeing a, a, a glut of disease beyond that of what goes on normally in the winter and transitional seasons. I mean, I usually see people in the fall and spring when the weather's changing and the body's a little bit, the immune system's a little bit off kilter. But now a, hard, a huge population of people are off kilter at least in the short term, perhaps permanently. And it's really, really distressing, Bill. That's yeah, scary. It really is scary. And we'll, okay. again, I, in our, the time we have left, I want to grab one more call. Caroline from I've, Bellevue. I've got an emergency. I'm going to need to go in about a minute. Okay, real quick. Caroline from Bellevue. Caroline from Hi. Go ahead. What's your quick question? The go docs ahead. only What's got about question? a minute left. My question is, I've heard that there is a, uh, a protocol to flush the vax out of your system if someone has had taken a vaccine. All right. Um, if you're All right. Doc, I know you only have yeah, a second, so I'm going to give you that I've question. Got, I've got to take this, Bill. We'll I be apologize. back in touch. Go take care all of your patients. All the best patients. to all of you. Thank take you. Take care. And Thank check you, out Doc. the FLCCC protocol Thank you. online. Thank you. Appreciate the time. So that is Dr. Craig Wax. Uh, patients first. He had a, a medical emergency with one of his patients, had to drop. So we appreciate him. Caroline, uh, I appreciate your uh, your answer, I, your question, I will get an answer for you from Dr. Wax and we'll post that. I'll have that uh, either on the radio broadcast this week or next week or when we reconvene here next Thursday at 4.30. So as you know, Common Ground will come at you live every Thursday from our beautiful downtown Red Bank Studios on Bridge Avenue. We're right here in Monmouth County. Thanks to my good friend Rob Gill and the outstanding team at Epic Financial. The studio is fantastic. We're so fortunate to have this great team here that has put all this together for us. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because we came up with the idea of this show in like 10 minutes later, we had a show. 
And that's the, the level of quality that you get with good people. So Epic Financial Services, an outstanding company based right here in Red Bank, New Jersey. I love Red Bank. I love Monmouth County. And, you know, Monmouth County, Ocean County, Bergen County, these are the counties. Somerset County, Hunterdon County. These are the places that really reflect the best of New Jersey, Camden County, Cumberland County, Atlantic, Cape May, Mercer, all of them, Middlesex. And I can tell you, when you look at Morris, Passaic, I mean, we can go through all 21 counties. The bottom line is they all are unique in their own way. And when you hear Dr. Wax talking about medical misinformation, when you hear Dr. Wax talking about what Dr. Peter McCullough, who is an internationally renowned scientist, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, Dr. Sunetra Gupta from Oxford, Dr. Martin Kuldorf, Dr. Marty McCarry. These are internationally known heavyweights in the medical community. And when you hear all of them talking and then you go right down, you drill down to Mullica Hill, New Jersey, and you've got Dr. Craig Wax saying the same thing that, by the way, he has been saying consistently for the last two and a half years, you know that the tide is starting to turn and all of these voices are going to be heard. And I appreciate all of you. Uh, the call-in number, by the way, if you want to talk to me, is 973-891-4421. Um, I'm going to get his take on what happened with DeMar Hamlin, but I want to say this to you about the situation with the Buffalo Bills safety who had went into cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football with five minutes and change left in the first quarter of the game against the Bengals. It was a shocking scene watching Monday Night Football and seeing this happen. And what is now being brought up and pointed out by many members of the medical community, they're saying, why now three days later do we not have all the details of exactly what happened? And Dr. Peter McCullough was on a show the other night, one of the national shows, and he said, the protocol for the vaccines has been forced and coerced by the government in many cases, by some private big corporations in other cases, like the NFL, and uh, other than people like Aaron Rodgers, who had the guts and the standing to stand up and say, hold on a minute, I'm not doing that. This is not the right thing to do. Most of the young players got vaccinated. And the report is that almost every member of the Bills team is vaccinated against COVID. Now, here's why I bring this up. I think it's premature, because we don't know exactly what happened, to use DeMar Hamlin's tragedy as a rallying cry against the COVID vaccine. We don't know if he had a pre-existing condition. We don't know if something slipped through. We just, we don't know yet. We do know that it's the right time to ask questions about the coercion behind the vaccine. You've got to say this. If you're dealing with COVID, which is so deadly, they tell us that anyway, but now we know it's only truly deadly to those that have three, four, five or more comorbidities, being morbidly obese, having diabetes, having a pre-existing heart condition, all of these things. We also know that kids are largely immune from any harm from COVID, yet we see this push for the vaccine. Don't stand up. If you're with me on this, that there should be no, not only no forced vaccinations for COVID, but we should not be recommending this vaccine given the short amount of time that it's even been on the market. And given the fact that where the vaccine was not mandatory, not pushed in countries like Sweden that had no masks and no distance and never shut down, they now have the lowest mortality rate in all of Europe. So when you look at the facts when you look at the studies that have come out with thousands and thousands and thousands of results, people knowing now, without any doubt, masks don't work. The vaccine does not stop you from spreading the virus. When we know all this, and then you see 1,598 fit athletes having a very similar heart condition, we have to ask the question, were all of them vaccinated? Is there a correlation? Is there a causation? Now, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that if you watch the movie Died Suddenly, you're going to take a step back and be concerned. You can find it right here on Rumble. Now, with our show, Common Ground, I want you to like it. I want you to rumble it. I want you to share it. Because from me, as you know, I am your super spreader of truth. I'm not going to back down from this. I have been talking about this for the better part of three years. I got started in February of 2020, calling out the absurdity of the panic. And it's all a part of taking this country back 
for normal, average, hardworking citizens. Right now I'm watching, we've got C-SPAN up. Um, McCarthy is in now the 10th vote for speaker. The 10th vote, 10 votes, hasn't happened in history. You gotta go back 100 years to a multiple vote for the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader, is being rejected by almost two dozen members of his own Republican Party. And one of the reasons is Kevin McCarthy did nothing while the country was locked down by the Democrats in all these states across this country. He and the Republican Congress did nothing to undo the damage that was done from the COVID lockdowns when it came to small businesses, when it came to first responders. As a matter of fact, in one week, about four or five months ago, they passed a bill to give $48 billion to the regime in Kiev. No accountability, no guarantee that it was going to go to help women and children who were displaced by rocket fire and invading armies. No, no guarantees. What we saw were photo ops with Hollywood actors going out and hanging out with Zelensky. And when that happened, in that same week, $48 billion of your dollars went to Zelensky with no accountability. We still don't know how the money was spent or who got it. Same week, $40 billion was proposed to go to relieve restaurants and small businesses and middle income and working class earners who were hurt beyond what seemed beyond repair from COVID. And the McCarthy Republicans sat on their hands and voted that down with the Democrats and voted up tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine. So you've got to ask yourself, who speaks for us? Who speaks for America? Who speaks for the fact that American tax dollars should be spent on American families and American businesses and American cops? You know, Dr. Wax brought up an interesting analogy about foreign invaders into your body, and he talked about the cops in the army. I see it a little differently along the same lines, though. To me, that first line of defense of your immune system is like the wall that we need to have on the southern border. And then we need to have not only immigration and customs enforcement, but local law enforcement working with them to make sure that we're rooting out the problem in this country. You know what? Republicans have done nothing on this. So thankfully, thankfully, now that we have a Republican majority, you've got a group of almost two dozen courageous, younger members of the House saying, wait a minute, we can't go forward. We can't go forward in this 118th Congress and allow the same old thing to happen that's been happening for the better part of the last 40 years. We've got to do something different. We've got to have a government that is accountable to average people. And somebody asked me today, they said, well, what do you mean? What is an average person? Let me tell you what an average person is. I'm an average person. The guy driving Uber that'll get me to the next dinner. Average person. The person, my friend Johnny, who owns a dry cleaners. He's an average person. Luigi, who fixes and shines shoes and has been doing it as a passion for 40 years. He's an average person. Danny, who runs our production board here. Average person. And by average, I mean normal, good. Just wants to make a living and live a life that is free of government intervention and onerous burdens of taxation, knowing that most of what you are putting into that federal coffer is going out to every kind of nefarious, dictator, corrupt regime that you can imagine. How much money we're spending. How much money we're spending. My goodness, we, we have yet to achieve, since Donald Trump was president and we achieved some sense of energy independence, all of a sudden we're back to $7 a gallon for diesel. We're, we're now seeing $7 for a dozen eggs. When I say average people, let me tell you who I'm talking about. The folks that have to look at their paycheck at the end of the week and say, what can I afford? What can I afford? Can I afford to go out to dinner this week? Can I afford to buy 18 eggs or do I have to limit it to 12? What decisions do I have to make based on my income? And why is government not working with us? Why is government working against us? And I said I would wrap the show up with this thought. Now, uh, by the way, I'll give you an update. Uh, right now, the... Tenth vote for speaker is happening in the House of Representatives. McCarthy has 80 votes. Hakeem Jeffries has 87. Now, interestingly enough, Jeffries is the very liberal Democratic congressman from New York. He is supported by all 212 Democrats. They have not 
budged on any of the votes. And many Republicans are using that and saying, see, the Democrats stick together. Why don't the Republicans? The reason? Because the Republicans are rightfully rejecting Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is no good. Kevin McCarthy is no different than Nancy Pelosi. Do you know that Kevin McCarthy, congressman from California, who so desperately wants to be the Speaker of the House and simply doesn't have the votes because of a courageous group of of right-minded, critical thinkers who say enough is enough with politics as usual. You know what? We hear How many times do you hear a candidate tell you, we're done with politics as usual, we're going to do it differently? Meanwhile, they all go to Washington and vote for the same crap. These 20 members said, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to lock up the Speaker's vote, and we're not going to allow Kevin McCarthy to become the Speaker of the House because he would rather support the regime in Kiev than the restaurant on Main Street. That's the bottom line. And I have to tell you, I am so thrilled, not just because I've been able to watch C-SPAN for the better part of three days. I do kind of love that. I'm a little bit nerdy when it comes to politics. I'm a bit of a junkie, but because it's happening, it's happening. God, go back three years. We've been fighting this battle together. You've been tuning into my show now to this show. You've been following us with Common Sense Club and joining. You may be one of the 93,000 members that we've got at Common Sense Club all coming together. And my wife, Jody and I have been traveling this state. We've been to just about every single county. And that is going to continue in earnest as we do these Common Sense Town Halls to meet people face to face and do exactly what the government didn't want you to do. Meet and talk about the resistance, the resistance to overtaxation, the resistance to overregulation, the resistance to the, the evaporation and crushing of medical freedom. All of this, we're coming back strong. And most people are with us. You know, New Jersey topped the list again five years in a row for the most people as a percentage, a ratio moving out. We have the highest exodus of any state in the country five years in a row. That's according to United Van Lines. So tells me that when I'm talking every morning on the radio, when I'm coming at you live at 4.30 on Thursdays from our beautiful studio in Red Bank, thanks to Epic Financial Services, I'm speaking and saying the things that you're thinking. And I know that. We are actually the majority. We're the majority. Why? We're normal, average Americans. We love our country. We love our kids. We love our business. We just want to be left alone. Honestly, I want to go back to a time when we didn't care who the president was, when we didn't care who the governor was, when you didn't know who your member of Congress was. I would like to not care who the Speaker of the House is, but we have to care. We have to care because the only pathway back from what these wretched, corrupt elites in both sides of the aisle have done to us over the past three years is to fight like hell fight like hell and stand up strong and say, we're not going to take it anymore. And these members have stood up and fought right now. McCarthy is at 96. Jeffrey's at 103. Donald's at four. Hearn at eight, which means for the 10th consecutive vote, McCarthy does not have the votes to be speaker. Now, at what point is the corrupt, complicit corporate media going to turn around and say, hey, Kevin, you don't have the votes. You're the one obstructing the progress of Congress. Not these 20 people who are voting their conscience. We should all be so lucky to have a representative in Congress who votes their conscience, who votes their principles, who doesn't just cast a vote for somebody because they've been granted a committee chairmanship. That's where the change is coming. And that change is happening in Washington right now before our eyes on C-SPAN. It's fantastic. So check it out on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I will tweet out the live link. I'm at Bill Spadia right at the end of this broadcast. I got about two minutes left, uh, but I want to tie it in because I said I would. I want to tie it into what we're doing statewide. If you go back to the 2021 election, no different than what's happening in the House of Representatives right now. Many, many Republicans sat on their hands and decided not to vote for the Republican nominee for governor against even Phil Murphy, as much as they may have hated Murphy and known firsthand that he cre created an atmosphere that took lives, destroyed businesses, and wrecked communities. Not just what happened in the nursing homes, but a third of our businesses never reopening again. Think about that. All those small businesses completely crushed by Murphy's policies. Then you got the nursing homes. That's bad. You're talking about 8,000 people, blood on Murphy's hands. But beyond that, the forced mandates that cost people their jobs, the release of thousands of criminals that, that, that resulted in arrests almost on day one of them being released, Many accused of murder. Murphy did this. The refusal to work with ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, 
to round up illegals who had detainer orders granted by federal judges because they were accused in some cases of heinous crimes. All of this, look at the car thefts going up. Look at the fact that we can't get the one in nine repaired. How about the potholes in your neighborhood? How about the CDL licenses who are out there driving right now and they couldn't renew their license because motor vehicles doesn't work? We've lost the thread of practical government and the Republican nominee in 2021 failed to capture the momentum and the hearts and the minds of average, normal, hardworking people. You know why? Because Jack Cittarelli was in it for himself. He was in it for himself, not for you. We have to elect and promote and empower political leaders who are in it for you, for me, for us, for your businesses, for your kids. No parent should have the stress of worrying that your kid's going to be masked up all day in class, whether you go to Catholic school or public school. You shouldn't be worried about that. You shouldn't be worried about the effects of a, an experimental shot that you didn't want to take. You shouldn't be worried about that. But you have to worry about it because that's the environment we're in. So I would urge you all to continue to tune in in the morning and listen to me on the radio. Watch this show every Thursday at 4.30 at BillSpadia.com. Join CommonSenseClub.org. Sign up. Doesn't cost you anything. Sign up. Get on the email list and you'll get an alert every time that we are broadcasting. And I can promise you in 2023, we are going to elect a competent, common sense majority in the state Senate, in the state assembly. We're going to turn the state around. We're going to do it together. This place is going to be the place, New Jersey, where people want to come, not where they want to get out of. So trust me on that. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Bill Spadia, Facebook, same thing. And I'll see you right here. Next Thursday, January 12th at 4.30. Follow me on Twitter to get updates on what's happening at the speaker's race and more to come next week. Have a really, really great rest of your day. Thanks for watching, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy.